your Bibles, turn in them to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Um, if you don't have a Bible, the scripture we're looking at is in the inside cover of your bulletin. There's a place there to take notes. Also, we're going to be looking today at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. 2 Timothy 3, 10 and 11. Friends, listen, this is God's word. You, uh, I'm sorry, let's start in verse 9, because it's there in the, or verse 8, because it's there in the bulletin. Sorry, so, 2 Timothy 3, verses 8 through 11, and we're going to focus on verses 10 and 11 today. So this is God's word. Just as Janus and Jeremy opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth, men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. This is God's word. We are starting a series today called Prepared for Persecution. Over the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at how we can be prepared to face persecution as Paul helps Timothy, his son of the faith, face the persecution that Timothy will inevitably experience. And I just want to ask as we start, when you hear the word persecution, what do you think of? What comes to mind for you when you think about persecution? Uh, do you think of the early church? Christians being thrown in the lions? Maybe you think of the modern church overseas. Christians suffering in China or in Muslim countries today. Or do you think about the kinds of persecution that happens here in our country? Where Christians are being forced or tempted to violate their consciences or being forced to privatize their faith and not bring it into the public sphere. Well, I want to start, again, we're just going to briefly start the series today. I want to start the series by giving you a, a helpful definition that I think captures persecution in all of its forms. Okay? And so this is point one on our outline. And there's two parts to this. So make sure when I give you this first part that you don't write this one word all the way across the line if you're taking notes. Alright? So first, persecution is pressure. Okay, at the core of what persecution is, it's pressure. Okay, it's pressure um, from people who want to intimidate, who want to threaten, who want to harass or punish or ostracize or even harm. Okay, persecution is pressure to turn down the volume on Jesus. Okay, persecution is pressure to turn down the volume on Jesus, right? To either tone down Jesus, to silence Jesus, or sometimes to get you to disobey Jesus or even to deny him. And this is what persecution is. It's pressure to turn down the volume on Jesus in your life. That's what persecution is. And I define it this way because I want you to be able to see all the different kinds of persecution that you face in your life. It's the pressure to turn the volume down. If your life is 
like a soundboard. There's things about you that come out of your mouth, things about you that are reflected, right? There's a, there are different volumes. If you think about a soundboard, there's, you know, sometimes you want Chad's microphone to be turned up a little bit higher. Sometimes we want different instruments to come, uh, because you can't hear them well enough. And other times we want them to be softer, right? Well, the Jesus part of your life, persecution is designed to put pressure on you so that you would turn the volume way down. Okay, that's what persecution is designed to do. And even in the first century, persecution wasn't always dying for the faith. You know, sometimes we can go that route and think about it as someone dying for faith. But even in the first century, that wasn't that way. And Paul makes it clear uh, in verse 11. Right? When he talks about it, he says, My persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. So he doesn't list all of his persecutions. But he lists specifically those at these three places because those were the places that Timothy got to see Paul's persecution firsthand. Okay? And so, um, and before, and so let me just run through what the persecutions were that Paul endured, and we'll see if we can connect to this at all. Um, in, in Antioch, this is in Acts 13, verses 45 and 50, it says this, When the Jews saw the crowds, even the crowds that gathered to hear Paul preach, they were filled with jealousy, and they began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. And then in verse 50, it says, The Jews incited the devout women of high standing and leading men of the city to stir up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. Okay, so they contradicted Paul. They said awful, slanderous things about him to condemn him in the eyes of others. Right? Then they ostracized him and they expelled him from the city. Okay, then at Iconium, in Acts 14, verses 2 and 5, it says, The unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. An attempt was made both by Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to mistreat them and to stone them. You can see it's ratcheting up. Christians getting worse. And they didn't get they didn't stone them. They, Paul and Barnabas escaped from the city. But they poisoned the minds of the public against Paul. They painted him in the worst possible light so that no one would take him seriously. So that people might be suspicious of him, and ultimately so that they could have the public support when they mistreated them and tried to stone them. But Paul escaped and fled to Lystra, and this is what happened in Lystra, in Acts 14, verses 19 and 20. It says Jews came from Antioch and Iconium. So Paul runs and they run after him. And having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city. The stoning literally taking brick-sized rocks and pummeling someone until they're dead. That's what happened to Paul. They did that. And they dragged him out of the city and left him there. They left him there, supposing that he was dead. But when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city. There's some victory of Jesus' resurrection going on there. Um, but the point here is that... Um, they, they settled for nothing less. I mean, this is the persecutions that Paul endured in Lystra. They actually stoned him. And so, let's just review. They contradicted him. They reviled him. They drove him out of the city. They poisoned the minds of others against them, mistreated them, and stoned them. 
So maybe not the stoning, but other than the stoning, can you relate? Can you relate at all to this? I know some of you have experienced pretty serious forms of persecution like this. And if these things haven't been done specifically to you, have you ever felt the pressure because they've been done to Jesus or they've been done to the church in your presence? Right? Have you ever felt the pressure to turn the volume down because people have reviled and said mean things about you or said evil things about you? Have you ever felt like there are people and there are forces at work that are poisoning the minds of our culture against Jesus? Against the church? A victory for the enemy is not to kill you. Okay? But it's to silence you. In fact, the victory that the enemy would prefer over killing you is to silence you. Okay, because if he can pressure you to put the volume down, then you're better than dead. Because dead people are martyrs, and those become heroes. But mute people are futile. Mute people make no impact. And so here's the question. How do we keep the volume at an appropriate level in our lives? How do we resist or endure the pressure and not turn the volume down? Right? How can we face persecution today in our lives in a way that honors Jesus and doesn't unnecessarily affect other people? Okay? Jesus wants to, us, he wants us to have a healthy confidence and a boldness about him and about the gospel. And we're going to see how we get that in this series. Over the course of the next month, that's what we're going to see in these four messages. Now, so against the pressure of persecution, we need encouragement that God's in control and that in the end, persecution won't win. Right? If you can be convinced of that, if you can be convinced that God's in control, if you can be convinced that in the end, persecution won't win, that's what you need to keep the volume at the right level. Okay? And that's what, Tim, that's what Paul gives to Timothy in these verses. And so we're going to see... Um, 